0: you're listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost with credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for today's episode, Travel Therapy Around the World in Search of Happiness with author Stuart Katz. Stuart Katz is a multifaceted leader in mental health education and crisis intervention. He co-founded the Nefshenu Alenu Mental Health Initiative in 2022 and serves on several prestigious boards, including McLean Hospital, affiliated with Harvard Medical School, and the Religious Conference Management Association. Stewart holds key leadership roles in multiple Israeli mental health organizations, such as OGEN and Mental Health First Aid Israel, and is a partner in Deconstructing Stigma in Israel. On with today's episode. All right. I'm here with Stuart Katz, author of Travel Therapy Around the World in Search of Happiness. Thank you for joining me today as we fight the war on happiness. I appreciate, appreciate being here. Thank you. Can you give a quick elevator pitch for your book? So the book started
1: basically, um, I started journaling. I want to go back a little. Actually, I've been encouraged for about 20 years that I should record all my travels. Um, today, I've actually traveled to 104 countries. And um, all along, people said, ah, you should write a book, I would read it. And I never really thought about it until about a year and a half ago, I started journaling um, some things. And then slowly by slowly, um, it became a book. And the journal was just things I've learned about travel, as well as travel through life and the importance of place um, with one's own mental health.
0: So you found more benefits for travel than just, oh, let's just see these places. You found a lot of mental health benefits as well.
1: Ah, No question about it. In fact, I found it all along. I just never realized that I had found it.
0: So part of it is um, actually just preparing for any trip.
1: It's the whole preparation, um, getting yourself in in, in the mood, Um, just the research. Um, Today, the research is a lot easier than it once was. Um, You know, in the old days, we used to go take brochures and um, contact uh, tourist boards and government agencies to try to get information on a place. Today, of course, it's all online and it makes it very easy. But it's still quite a challenge um, in determining, number one, picking a destination and then determining if we can really afford to go to the destination. And um, then what what, what are we going to do there? Um, And I find that just very therapeutic, the entire process. And, of course, when you come back, it's talking about your trip and getting ready for the next one.
0: And now affording destinations, at least for me, hasn't been a problem at all because of credit card rewards, miles, points, Travel benefits. And in your book, you wrote that you had taken advantage of frequent flyer programs throughout your life. You saw it as a game and you would try to beat the system.
1: I always tried to be. I mean, I'd, I've been in frequent flyer programs since they started, I guess, with about 40 years ago or so. <laughs> and, um, it was definitely a game. Um, when they first started, you could fly on a free ticket and earn miles. And um, I would always try to, you know, fly on tickets when the flights were actually very full so I could get bumped. Um, because it's overbooking. Um, Today it's called uh, denied boarding, involuntary denied boarding. Um, It was just being bumped at the time. And then I'd get a free ticket and then I would get mileage on that ticket because I would say it wasn't fair, they messed up my plans. Um, And for a number of years, that's how I was traveling just for fun. Um, I actually went to Hawaii three days in a row, um, just for fun, um, to different island every day from the West Coast. Um and then when the credit card started earning points, I too um, became fascinated with that. Um, just playing a game, trying to find which credit card, you know, of course the sign-up bonuses that everyone knows about, and um, you know, opening closing them without affecting credit rating, mm-hmm. um, which is always a challenge today. Um, you know, as we became smarter, the credit card companies also became smarter. But there's always something to do, and I want to emphasize legally. Um, because it's, it's a total legal game um, and trying to stay one step ahead of them and just, you know, maximizing the earnings. Um, sometimes I've gone to destinations on vacation. Why well, was not planning to go? But because I could get a cheap reward flight, um, I took advantage of it. And because of that, I've seen so much of the world.
0: Yeah, some skeptics think, oh, you're applying for all these cards. You're going to ruin your credit. But that's obviously false because we're still getting approved for cards even after opening and closing so many accounts.
1: Right, right. Um, again, there are some companies out there
0: that don't want me. Um, you know, here and there. And I say, no problem. And a week later, they're giving me an offer again. So <laughs> I, I don't take it to heart. As I say, it's not personal. If you don't want me to have your credit card, if you don't want me, I don't want you. Lots of banks out there. And uh, sometimes time heals those wounds. Exactly. You wrote in your book about charging $106,000 for fuel to credit cards as part of one of your journeys. So how about a lot of sign up bonuses and rewards there? Now, one day, they somehow. Bank transfer didn't make it to the bank, and the plane had
1: to take off, and um, they had to pay fuel. So um, I first went and offered if they have self-serve, thinking it might be a little cheaper, but they didn't find it funny. <laughs> and uh, so I said, "Hey, can I just give you a credit card?" They said, "Well, do you have that credit?" So I pulled out like ten credit cards at the time and maxed them out um, and paid one hundred and six thousand dollars on
0: credit card. Yeah, the ultimate split tender there. That's nice.
1: Absolutely.
0: Have you found other situations like that where you're able to charge others expenses or maybe you're using cards and people are giving you cash?
1: So you have to be careful about that because there is some question of legality on that and in terms of how to report it.
0: Um, But there are
1: times that people said, hey, if you don't mind putting it on your card, I'll just pay you later. And I said, with pleasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice thing. You wrote about cruises. You've taken several cruises. You wrote, growing up, I enjoyed I most enjoyed the cruises. There's something special about being secluded away from civilization, but with lots of fun things to do.
1: Yeah, so cruises, um, I go back and forth whether I truly enjoyed them or not. I like them because everything's in one place. Um, You know, I like to go to the gym, and the gym's right there. Um, And you're kind of in the same place for 7, 10, 14 days, Um, but yet you're seeing different places. Um, Also, I'm not one that likes to spend a lot of time in any one place. you know, for better and for worse, different people have different styles of travel. I like to be moving. Um, our family's kind of split. Half of us like to stay put and the other half like to move. So the cruises kind of work because if someone wants to stay put, they don't have to get off the ship. And for me that I want to see different things, I get off the ship. You know, if it's a some cruises. you know, on a lot of 10 day cruise will make seven port stops. So seeing a lot of different things. So it's an interesting way to see the world. Um i don't like crowds that much like large crowds so that that is a you know on the larger cruise ships that's um that can be challenging but there's ways you know if you take a different type of accommodation on them sometimes you have more privacy and you don't you don't you don't have to deal with it
0: and lots of food options as well that's one thing i and like you, not having you know, you have prep and clean food. everything's given exactly. to you
1: you know not worry where you're going to have to eat because there's so many different options everywhere so
0: I've noticed lots of healthy options, too, on the cruises. Usually they'll have a lot of vegetarian and Indian options that are quite healthy, and even the other dishes.
1: Right, right. Today, today there's definitely something for everyone to meet every dietary need and desire.
0: Do you mostly keep to yourself on the cruises, or do you go to shows or other things that might be happening on board? I, I generally will go to a show because I'll feel guilty if I miss
1: something. I mean, not, not so
0: much because of the FOMO,
1: but I just feel, hey, I paid this money. Even if it wasn't a lot of money that, you know, I want to get my money's worth. But then I go for like 10 minutes and say, yeah, it's, it's
0: <laughs> Walk so, out on the juggling act. Yeah, I, I usually walk
1: out before the juggling act, yeah.
0: <laughs> you you wrote also of travel, the journey was as much fun as seeing new lands, meeting people from different places, glimpsing new cultures. Yeah, so I just love,
1: love meeting people from different places and learning about them. Um, I try to keep a real open mind, you know, um, which I find many of my friends have greater difficulty in doing you know like to hang out in the ghetto as they say um with the like-minded and the like and i just like to meet different people um and i always try to take away something from everyone i meet you know whether it's a dietary thing a new habit they have something they said um just kind of walk away with something. And I kind of view that as a global student.
0: And have you kept in touch with people after a lot of travels? I think you've wrote about that, especially in the more humanitarian focused travel that you've done. Definitely, definitely have.
1: Um, yeah, a lot of the volunteer work, called humanitarian um, work that I've done, just became a- attached to people. Um, and a number of them we keep in touch with to this day, um, you know, gone on with different lives. Um, you know, they thank God are usually in better places and I'm back in my own life but we do keep in touch. And um, it's fascinating. You know, we don't have to be the same.
0: And now with technology, a lot easier is we're just chatting over Google Meet. So it's not like, oh, we have to meet in person, we have to do that this way. And we don't have to deal with a lot of difficult communication through making phone calls. If you just have internet, it's a lot easier today to keep in touch. Correct.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot easier.
0: All right. You wrote, I sometimes look at the benefits of living in different countries and see that the cliche that the grass is always greener is there for a reason. We tend to focus on what could be better, wondering if the path not taken is the preferable one. Each person must make the judgment call for themselves.
1: Well, that's heavy. Um, yeah, I did write that, though. <laughs> um, I think it's human nature to always think that if you go somewhere else, it's going to be better. And what I have come to learn is that if I go somewhere else, there are better characteristics and traits there but home is where you make it. And um, at certain times, home is going to be one place. And at other times it's going to be in a different place. And as I journey through life, I try to find the good in every place where I am not to get me wrong. I do, I do know how to complain. I, I try to really focus on the good um, as much as possible. And um, when there's bad that comes up, I try to kind of unblend from it and, you know, recognize that there is bad there or evil, um, but there's a lot of good as well. And that includes going to different parts of the world that are quite challenging.
0: And with some research, as you mentioned earlier, we could try to find those goods and try to make the experience better, stay safe and do what we'd like in these countries. Surely we can't go somewhere for five days and do everything. We're going to be selecting what we're going to do when we get there. 100%.
1: 100%. And again, I just want to emphasize, you mentioned it before, to me, one of the most important things to do in any country is to meet the locals.
0: And have, have you heard from them, from them saying that they wanted to leave their countries, and then you'd be able to chat about America? How's that going?
1: So there, there are cases like that. But, you know, I'm not in a uh, resettlement float program or anything. So it's really hard for me to help them. I don't. Um, Again, when, when someone has to explain, uh, run away from a land that they're in trouble, I, I, I really try to help them. But if someone just wants a better way of life, I'm not into like signing on for visas for them or temporary work permits. Um, you know, I, I still don't know who they are, even though I met them and we had a nice afternoon or a couple of days together. I'm not, I'm not sure I can vouch for them, um, the, even though sometimes I would like to. I'm not sure that would be the smartest thing to do. But, uh, yeah, we try to help people however possible. And certainly okay. to bring I think to bring hope
0: more than anything. Sure. And you get to be an ambassador of sorts as you go to these different countries and interact with different people. Definitely. And how's that been? Have you gone places and you've been like greeted like you were a king or some some other like uh prestige position?
1: So I, I'm I'm really I try to be very humble. Um so I really don't like I mean it has happened and I really yeah. water it down because I'm just not comfortable with it. Um you know, like, I don't like people taking my bags for me, um, unless I'm paying a porter to do that. And I decide to hire them. But just when I walk into a hotel, and, you know, three guys come and grab my bags, I'm very, very uncomfortable with that.
0: Yeah, there, there's something of um, a newness that, oh, we see some different people in the area, especially if you might travel to a more secluded place where they usually don't get tourists or, or visitors, they, they would... They would see you as uh, much different or maybe be happy to see you in some cases.
1: Right. They happy. They may be happy to see me, but I'm happy to see them just the same. So, All
0: right. And to move on, you wrote that you realize there are other ways to live than the one you are used to, and it helps you keep perspective and respect otherness. Right. So that,
1: that would be connected that we were just talking about is that I can tell you, I take for granted the way of life I have. I take for granted that I can walk into the supermarket and pretty much have any fruit any time of the year that I want it may not be as good. I may pay it more more money for it, but it's available. And you go to certain countries where everything is seasonal or not available because they don't have it, um, you know, and they don't have the financial means to import it. And I, I just, I, to me, that's, it, it's it's eye-opening. Um, to me, it's eye-opening when, you know, certain places, they, you have to wait in the long lines to go into the supermarket. Um, you know, and, And other things like that. Um, So it teaches me um, that we are um, not—you know—we're not. We have a. Those living in the states have a very, very good life for the most part. But we, we, we need to appreciate it, and we need to appreciate others that don't have it that well um, or that good. To try to be better people, wherever we are.
0: Yeah. At this point, with Amazon, with delivery services, with a lot of chain stores here at least in my region of Pennsylvania it's not too difficult to acquire things that i want or i could just place an order and maybe it'll be here in two or three days or few, whereas in three other hours, countries yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah a few hours even yeah yeah so there's a, a sense of gratitude that comes with that and of course not to abuse it as some people can be spending like 20 25 dollars a day with uber eats and then they're complaining about being broke well okay well that maybe wasn't the best way to spend money
1: right right
0: some people can go overboard with the consumerism. So it's it's important to be aware and mindful of our spending and what we're doing.
1: Right. And then there's some countries that they live in what they call overdraft. They like It doesn't matter that they're over. Um, you know, we, we don't, we tend not, well, I shouldn't say that. I have met many people in the U.S. that spend on their credit card more than they have the money for. You know, they don't, you can't overdraft from your bank account here. Um,
0: yeah, it's very important to stay on top of finances because that's what Allows all of this travel to happen, at least for me, as I'm relying on these programs, right? Relying on the relationship with the banks. And it's not like, oh, I'm just going out and buying all these designer clothes or gourmet meals just to hit the sign-up bonuses. It's being very intentional about the spend to enable the travel in the future. Exactly. All right. To so move on. You quoted someone who said growing up traveling was fun. Now I realize that traveling also has a purpose. The best antidepressant out there. So
1: that was actually my daughter that said that she wrote it in the book. Um, because when my kids were younger, we did travel a lot as a family. I mean, we still do, but now everyone's on their own way. And she realized um, as, and since then I have as well that travel is therapeutic um, and it's, it serves as an antidepressant, not for everyone, but not every medication works for everyone. So um for her and for me and for many others that I have since met, um, travel can serve as an antidepressant. And when I say travel, I have to emphasize again, which I said at the outset of the program, that it's not just the journey itself, the trip itself, but the preparation of the journey is is part of the um, what I will call the medication.
0: Do you come back from some travels with uh, some sort of renewed purpose or invigoration? Uh, I've had these experiences where I'd be on cruise and I would be planning things, thinking of things I wanted to do when I got back and maybe find some new inspiration or new vigor to continue with current projects or take on some new ones. It's actually very rare that I don't come back with greater inspiration. So the answer is. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. yeah. It would have been some recent examples if you have some.
1: My best work is at 38,000 feet. That's when I get the most done. Um, it used to be that when there was no Wi-Fi on the plane, no one could bother me. I used to say, if I don't answer, I'm either on a plane or I'm dead.
0: <laughs>
1: now it's only one choice if I don't answer you. But I just kind of say, or I don't want to, um, which I've learned you don't have to if you don't want to answer someone. Um, which you know, my guilty parts would never allow me to do that previously. Um, but I, I really, anytime uh, for me, it flying is just unbelievably therapeutic. Um, especially if, I'm talking the longer flights, not your two-hour jaunts, but your trans-Pacific and transatlantic flights which I manage a few a month, um, I just find them very therapeutic. Um, you know, it's enough time to eat, enough time to, to sleep, watch a movie, which I wouldn't do otherwise. Um, I don't watch, I don't go to movie theaters because I can't justify that expense, but I, you know, I can justify a plane ticket, which is usually at points. Um, so I just, uh, the whole flight for me is um, an unbelievable experience. Obviously when we're going to destinations, Um, you know, each destination is different and I find it therapeutic as well, but in general, just getting on a plane, um, I find it tremendously enjoyable.
0: Nice. And then at the destination, you're also finding a lot of inspiration there too, especially with humanitarian work that you're doing. Correct. Yeah. Some recent trips and recent travels you'd like to discuss.
1: I mean, I really love it all. Um, like I was in, I was in Belgium a couple, maybe a month ago, two months ago, I don't even remember recently. And, um, I was going from there to Luxembourg and on the way back the train I was supposed to take, they canceled it. So I took a train somewhere else um, to another city in Belgium that no one would ever go to um, just to kill time, (laughs) get a train. So that's part of, you know, kind of going with the flow on travel. And it, you know, it's upsetting because I was supposed to be back at a certain time and they canceled the train, but that's part of the travel adventure. Um, And I've had numerous experiences like that. Um, I used to get very upset when a flight would be canceled. And now I try to, see okay how are we gonna make the most of this flight cancellation number one out of what am I going to get compensation from the airline that's the first thing I always think of um, and um, and the second is you know how I can help for my own mental well-being okay I got cancelled I have X number of extra hours in where I probably am um, what what can I do to you know, make the most of it.
0: Yes. An attitude of acceptance is very important with travels because a lot of things are outside of our control, like flight delays, flight cancellations. So it's not going to help getting angry, upset, lashing out at other people, being nasty to the airline workers. Right. So just try to make do. And in some cases, I, I at least for me, it was actually in my benefit because they would give some compensation on top of a free hotel room. So it's like, okay, exactly. well, I'm flying back the next day. So not such a big deal. There wasn't a rush to get back.
1: Yeah, it's also, it's also important to know what you're entitled to. Obviously, in the U.S., you're entitled to less than most of the European countries. Um, but it's, it's very important to know because most certainly in the EU and most countries in Europe, they have very strong compensation programs to the benefit of the passenger, not to the benefit of the airline. And, um, it, you know, they don't they don't tell you about it because they don't want you to know about it. Um, and, you know, in the U.S., um, I'm sure you're familiar those listening maybe, that everything's a weather delay. And when there's a weather delay, you don't, you're not entitled to compensation. Well, it's 90 degrees and sunny out here. I don't see a cloud in the sky, but we have a weather delay. I'm, um, I, I, it, it mind boggles me. And, well, they say, well, the plane was coming in from a destination with a weather delay. Well, today it takes about a total of five seconds to show them that it doesn't have, well, I don't know what to do. My computer shows this. So I said, well, I'm just going to take some screenshots and I'm going to, Take this in the department of transportation um and most airlines the, the one thing they dread is getting complaints from the department of Trans- transportation um I, I kind of have like direct lines there i'm like writing a letter almost every day there because i i just i'm, I'm not looking for compensation but i'm also i can't stand uh airline employees that lie um just a pet peeve that I just don't like, and there's no point in arguing with them. I just say no problem, I'll take it up with the DOT, um, and write them a letter and get an apology. And then usually six, seven weeks later, I get some kind of compensation from the airline, um, and it's just doing what's entitled. In Europe, um, it's it's different. Um, the airline, you know, they have they have a lot more responsibility towards the passenger, and they also try to get out of it because they don't want you to know about it, although they have to be posting it and advising the passengers. So it's a little harder to hide behind it, but most Americans going to Europe don't realize this. Um, it's also like if you're on a, I don't know, a few months ago, I was on a flight. I was from London to Dallas and I had to go on to San Antonio and the Dallas flight was delayed, um, out of there because of weather. Um, and it genuinely was, it was bad weather. Um, But my flight in from London to Dallas was delayed for mechanical reasons. Um, And because I was on a connecting flight, the airline's responsible, and the agent tried to argue with me. Um, Not tried. She was. (laughs) There's no trying here. She was doing a good job. I said to her, you know, look up the first flight. It was a mechanical delay. I mean, someone had opened the emergency exit. Um, um, They thought it was, I guess, a window to open to get fresh air. I'm not really sure. But so ultimately, they, they, they did compensate me because they could show it. So you really have to know your rights and advocate for them. No one's
0: going to do it for you. Nice. And a lot of credit cards also giving protections, particularly Chase Sapphire Reserve, the altitude reserve card with US Bank for trip delay, trip cancellations. So Chase Sapphire is probably
1: the best in terms of protection. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, lots of options out there. So that's nice. And that's not through the airline that would be through calling in and getting some compensation or reimbursement. All right, so moving on, you wrote, I can now say that I definitely took for granted how much I got to travel the world as a kid. How lucky I was growing up. I only realized it later. Right. So I'm pretty sure one of my kids also wrote that. Um, I I traveled more as an adult than I did
1: as a kid, personally. Um, But it was very important to me that my kids would have the opportunity to travel. Not that I didn't travel, but we traveled mainly to see family. So it wasn't, I didn't see, as a kid, I didn't go to new destinations or anything. And I felt um, that the best education, you know, the best world history, American history is through travel. Um, and it was very important to me that my kids did that. Um, you know, we've been to all 50 states. It's, it's, um, I just think that's the best education out there. There's no school that can give you that.
0: Right. The in-person education, seeing how to go on certain schedules, to be organized, to have everything in order and yeah, to just get those in-person experiences is maybe, oh yeah, you can watch this or that on YouTube or yeah, you can get the in-person experience with travel is you could watch certain videos on YouTube or see things on Google Maps, but the in-person experience is more than just watching something or someone else's record of travel. Exactly. All right, to move on. You also wrote, there are those of us who feel compelled to travel. The term wanderlust is the desire to travel. It comes from the old English word wandering, which meant to move around aimlessly. The destination is not the purpose, but movement is.
1: You know, I found myself and traveling with a family, watching through my other family members, it doesn't really matter where we're going. It's, it's the journey itself, not so much the destination, you know, we try to take advantage of the destination when we're there, but it's, it's actually getting there. That's the, the adventure you know, however it may be. So, I mean, like, again, when my kids were younger, we used to play a game. We never told them where we were going on vacation. We used to take, like, two vacations a year. We'd always play a game, and we'd give them hints of where they would They'd have to figure out, ultimately guess where we were going, um, or we would just get on the plane and not tell them. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. So it was the journey itself, not actually the destination. Again, the destination was fun, and they remember where we went because of the game leading up to that.
0: Oh, nice. And even at the airport, using certain amenities like the airport lounges is also a fun part of the trip, at least for me.
1: It used to be more fun when they were less crowded, but it's still fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. some of the smaller so, airports, you'll have a less crowded situation, or I've seen the
1: The smaller airports, yeah, the smaller airports are amazing. I love the lounges and the smaller airports because, you know, it's 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 homey. Um, the larger airports, it's like, you kind of feel like you're in a fast food joint.
0: Yes, layovers in Atlanta, I've utilized I've utilized the Delta Sky Clubs, and there are a lot to choose from. So if one happened to be really busy, then I'd go to the next one. And I've usually had success with that and good food and drink as well, right. compared to people who are just like using cash and paying like $20 or $30 for food and drink in the airport. Is right. Really right. Nice. It's also priority pass, yeah. which is not the bad. The club uh, lounges. The club lounges are good. And priority pass when you get a food credit is also nice. Yeah, like the $20, $25 or so. Twenty-eight. You're kind of three dollars <laughs> short. Yeah, it's mostly flying out of Philly, so I, I don't have those okay. on this side. But I, I do hear of the was it like Chef Jeff's and some other places that used to have the tim- Timber Timberline in Denver. Yes.
1: There's a lot of them, and most of them are also pre-security, so you can also go like if you just want to hang out.
0: You know, you don't to, you don't have to show an airline ticket. You just got to show your priority pass. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So rather than sitting in the loud terminal, or if you just happen to pass the airport and want to go, that's always an option too. Mm-hmm. all right moving on you also write the compulsion travel can derive from an adventurous curiosity the desire to see new things to push human boundaries or it can be an expression of an inner disquiet and escape from the status quo
1: so that would be like covering up you know just not having a great time and i just cover it up because we're going to take a trip and the trip may have been planned or i may plan it just to it's i, I kind of view it as a coping mechanism um different people have different ways to cope with uh um you know mental health challenges or being mentally well um for me travel is a coping mechanism um i mean obviously it works i love it but um the reality is it does more than that
0: and personally i had a situation maybe a year and year and a half ago where i ran into debris on the highway and my car was disabled it had to be repaired so instead of sitting home for like a week week and a half i figured well you know what while the car is being repaired, I'm just going to fly out to Las Vegas and stay there for some time. So, so that was a, I mean, a nice exit strategy. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, that that's, that's, to me, that's the purpose of travel,
0: you know, like to use
1: it for what you need. Um, you know, we have a lot of friends, um, you know, like from New York, they go to Florida all the time, like, but all the time, like, there's so much more in the world. And do you really like Florida that much? You're going because you know it. Um, And generally, it's the latter. latter. I said, you know, try a new destination once. Um, You know, it's not that I don't go back to anywhere. I mean, in this places, but I I guess the world is just amazing. And to learn from every place um, is an adventure.
0: Yes. And with miles and points, I've seen a lot of different fare deals. And I'd go to destinations just because the price was discounted. And the destination seemed interesting where, okay, if I can use 150,000 sky miles for a round trip business class to italy versus having to use a whole lot more sky miles or a different currency well okay i'll go explore italy and i think the cash rate on that flight would have been around six thousand dollars and some people talk about Mm -hmm. this is a once in a lifetime trip or oh it's too expensive to do that but we're able to transcend that because we're responsible with finances because we're organized because we're making good decisions with our strategy of credit card signups and redemptions exactly yeah, so some people have this idea, oh, travel is just a rich person's game. But since discovering the mouse and points hobby, I've, I've seen it, it's absolutely not the case. You you wrote about traveling with young children and that they might not remember trips like adults do. The travel can still be worthwhile for the kids. So I believe very strongly that travel's is worthwhile.
1: Um, uh, I'm going to mention one of my favorite mental health books, which is called The Body Keeps the Score. Which talks more about trauma and how trauma remains in the body. It never really goes away. We think we get over it. We suck it up, whatever, but it never really goes away. Well, I'm going to say travel is the same, almost the reverse of trauma. What you see as a kid remains in your body. Um, it's you know, it never you never really get rid of it. I think I think I think that's real important to recognize. So I'm a big believer in taking your kids to travel. Um, I don't think you have to take them to the Louvre when they're four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you have to take them to Disney when they're twenty. I mean, they, they, they can go on their own. But um, but I think I think you know finding age appropriate and it, it can be challenging when you have different kids at different ages and you want to travel with them.
0: But I think there's always um, something to do. Yeah, there could definitely be the positive part of that. Is yes, um, childhood trauma can stay with you throughout adulthood. But maybe the positive ends of the good experiences and the travel can also do the same. Right. And we have the pictures and the videos and so much more that we can keep track of this. It's a lot different than being in oh my God, the so late 90s or right? early 2000s and someone's uh, roving around with a camcorder, for instance. Right, or
1: asking someone to take a picture for Polaroids.
0: you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, and the kids can hopefully appreciate that and maybe even take that to school if they happen to go to public school and say, oh, look, I went to this and that place. And people come back and say, well, what did you do this summer? And people are just going to local destinations. But using miles and points, leveraging these programs can expand horizons for kids and get to do a lot more than just taking that hour drive to wherever. Correct. Some gratitude for sure there and having these abilities, whereas in other countries, even Canada and even the place of Europe, the credit card offers usually aren't as good as they are in the United States. You're being nice. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely not as good. Um, I mean, I
1: encourage foreigners if they can though, go for a US credit card. Um, not always possible. But uh, wherever it is, I say you, you won't know what hit you.
0: Yeah, what, what do you have to say to some people who might be skeptical of travel? Some people say, Oh, well, I don't really want to travel. It's just a waste. I'll just take cash back or I'll just uh, not really not really go anywhere. I see you don't know what you're missing out, but I respect people. If if you don't want to travel, then
1: hey, I'll take your miles. No, um, it it's not for everyone. And and I, you know, I I used to be insulted when someone didn't want to travel, but I realize, you know, I try not to judge someone else because of what they want to do, and I hope they won't judge me because of what I do or don't want to do. Um, so I don't. I feel they're missing out, but maybe they're homebodies. Maybe they don't want to.
0: Yeah, I was originally on the fence about cruising, but when I had an offer for a free cruise, I figured, okay, well, I'll go take it, see what it's about. And since I booked the first one, I've gone on maybe four or five more. So it's it's been a right. really good experience. And if I went the one time I didn't like it, then okay, well, I gave it a shot and now I'll just stick to flights or driving places instead.
1: Right, right. There are people that go on a cruise every other weekend, and that's a little too much for me. But I, you know, once every five years or so, I'm good for a cruise. And I think, it, I think, you know, it's 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 different. But some people, I, again, but I what I what I really want to say is that it's important for everyone to respect one another and their, you know, what they what they want to do and may not want to do. Um, not to try, to try to be non-judgmental. Um, and I know it's hard for many people, but that's what I. that's that's one of the things I strongly recommend.
0: What do you have to say to some people who are skeptical about credit cards and often objection I hear from people is they say, oh, it sounds like too much effort. I'll just pay cash for all my travels.
1: So again, I really try not to say anything because I, I've learned that um, some people may not, you know, it's kind of like um, someone with a drinking problem. They might not want to tell you the real reason. And um, I have found that. Sadly, the same thing with credit cards. People just overspend. Um, they don't know how to discipline themselves, um, and I respect that. You know, it, it does take discipline, and not everyone has the ability that maybe you and I have. Um, so I don't. I I really try not to be non-judgmental, as I said. I, mean, I, I personally, I think to myself, "Hey, you're missing out," but but I won't say that anymore.
0: Yeah, because I've known some friends, some acquaintances for quite a while, and I understand they have the financial discipline, but. They they say, Oh, the effort, the effort, and I'll try to break things down and explain, like, okay, well, maybe it takes you like five minutes, maybe, to fill out an application, and then you're just shifting your spend to a new card, you're getting a big welcome offer, and even if you don't do a lot of advanced things, well, hey, you got the sixty thousand, seventy five thousand points, so it's a really good return on time, but sometimes they still don't want to play ball, which I, I believe is unfortunate. Right. right. I, I agree.
1: I like I'm on I'm on board with you, but I've also, I really try to respect them because, um, hey, that's more points for me. But no, um, I, I see, see that sometimes there may be a genuine reason behind that, that they're just not comfortable sharing and that's okay.
0: Yeah, that, that could be the case. It definitely does take the financial responsibility to which I say, treat your credit like a debit card. Only use the money that you have in the bank. Don't be overspending. Don't get greedy, all those things. And if someone can't genuinely handle it, then the game shouldn't be for them. But then we get some critics out there saying everybody overspends. Everybody's going to lack control. And I don't think that's accurate either.
1: So there's two words I really, really try to avoid. And it's everybody
0: and nobody. <laughs> Always could be another.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It isn't just no such thing. It's everybody. I mean, that, that that when someone says that, I go, they are strongly opini- opinionated.
0: All right. Any upcoming travels for you? No, I, nothing Nothing concrete. I'm um, going to do
1: a safari in the coming year, or at least I'm trying to hit some more countries in Africa, just because it's an area that I've seen part of. There's like six, 50 countries in Africa, and I haven't even been to a quarter of them yet. So I'm hoping to focus more on Africa in the next two
0: years or so. Any favorite trips of all time or maybe top five places you've gone to?
1: So I love the Maldives. Um, that's definitely one. I will probably never go back, um, but I, I definitely loved it. Um, it was on points um, because I could never afford it otherwise. I was in Bhutan, and I just I love Bhutan. Um, um, it just, it's a very, very different country that, you know, it's just very different. Um, so those are two. So many countries in Asia I love. I mean, Thailand is one of my favorite, and I've been there numerous times. Um, you know, from just being the hustle of Bangkok and the the people and the smell and whatnot to being out on the on the coast in the in by the water and in the country. So Thailand, I, I, I love Thailand. Um, you know, not everyone not everyone does. Um, some people say it's dirty, and maybe the dirt is what I appreciate mm-hmm. there. I don't know, but it's the people more than anything that I really really like there. Argentina is definitely one of my favorite in South America. Um, again struggling today because of um, everything going on well is israel is definitely you know up there i mean i do a lot of tours there so i lead the tours and now it's not the time i'm promoting it but um but yes um there would definitely be one and i, I find the whole gulf and middle eastern region um you know the idea of just you know, from a peace perspective
0: but also it's so similar yet so different and i and i find um yeah i find that that quite unique All right. And for listeners, your book, once again, Travel Therapy Around the World in Search of Happiness here with Stuart Katz, S-T-U-A-R-T-K-A-T-Z. Right. And if you have any social media, any other ways that people can connect with you online, feel free to share.
1: Um, So yeah, it's my website of StuartAKatz.com, S-T-U-A-R-T-A-K-A-T-Z.com. And Links there to the Amazon website, my social media and all that can be gotten from the website.
0: All right. Anything else that you'd like to plug or promote as we close up here?
1: Um, no, really appreciate the opportunity. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Any other topics that you'd like to mention? Something that we didn't cover in the book? No, it's
1: really it's really the uh, interaction between travel and mental health. And you know, mental health is a key topic of discussion pretty much everywhere you go today. And I think
0: travel is an answer to help One's mental well-being and
1: can actually assist with mental challenges as well. So,
0: and the the subtitles in in search of happiness. So, do you think you've gotten close to that or have attained that happiness?
1: I don't think you can ever truly obtain it. I think it comes and goes. Um, and what I try to say to myself and to others that when they ask is that if it's not here now, remember it was, and it will be back. To do so, just take a trip. <laughs>
0: Yes. in my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions podcast, the, the ancient Stoics talk of happiness as a fulfilled life, as having a state of contentment as, as they think about it. Do, do you have similar perspectives?
1: Um, a state of contentment is not, it, the answer is, I, I would say a state of contentment is whatever you are at the time that you should try to be content with it. Um, it's kind of what the grass is greener on the other side. Um, it's like, in the past, I would always strive for more, for more, for more. Today, it's not that I don't try to strive for more, but when doing so, I try to be content with what I have, um, you know, at any given time. And and it's frustrating. I'm not making it sound like it's utopia because it's not. Um, It can be very frustrating, but I say, okay, this is what you have today. Hopefully tomorrow you'll have more like you did yesterday. Um, But for today, this is going to be it.
0: All right, very good. Once again, that's Travel Therapy Around the World in Search of Happiness, author Stuart Katz. Thank you for joining me today.
1: I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. Visit hurdygurdytravel.com to contact me, find me on social media, read select episode transcripts, and schedule a free consultation. Support the show through Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Find the show on many podcast platforms and YouTube, where you'll find bonus videos. Supporting me on Subscribestar will give you special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one conversations, delving into more advanced topics I don't openly discuss at length in podcast episodes. Visit meetup.com slash Philly Miles and Points to learn about Greater Philadelphia Travel, Credit Miles and Points Meetups I host in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. I hope to see you in person at a future event. Find a link in the show notes. Listen to my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions Podcast, found at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. My podcast guests and I offer practical wisdom for everyday life, inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.